Hey guys, thanks for joining us for the debrief today. I'm here with some friends. We're gonna have a conversation about love, astrology, astronomy, the Enneagram, and you name it. Should Christians do this? Should we be a part of this? Uh, it's an incredible conversation. I think we learned a lot, and so I think you'll learn a lot too as you navigate uh, more and more people who are turning away from the church and turning to astrology, and how can you handle that as a Christian, and what maybe do you need to know about it uh, to talk to your friends and family? Research shows 2019, um, there was like a, what was it, a over $40 million rise in the use of astrology apps, um, um, horoscopes, those kind of things. Naturally with 2020, that all started to rise some more. We're seeing culture kind of shift more towards a spiritual nun. They're not claiming any kind mm -hmm. of religion, but this deep interest in the stars, astrology, right. horoscopes, all those kind of things. What would you say to someone that is looking into astrology as a mean of accessing spiritual? Um, how would you counsel someone through that? A Christian or non-Christian? Um, let's start with Christian and then maybe go to non-Christian. Yeah, so, so I would say, let's take a step back and ask why is there a rise in the use of astrology? So I, I think that astrology bridges the gap that's right in the middle of religion and science. And so I think especially in, in, in 2020, so I would say pre-2020, there's a, there's a disillusionment and um, just disagreement even with religion. So mm -hmm. all religions are bad, that's terrible, so I'm going to turn to science. But science is constantly changing, it's unreliable. Um, you know, just, just yesterday it came out that Pfizer wants to bury the research for their Pfizer vaccine for 75 years. Mm -hmm. That can't be good. Like, like right. I don't care. I, you know, there's, there's no, there's no positive reason why mm -hmm. you would want information about your vaccine to be. That's like the JF. Who killed JFK? Right. They, right. they don't want somebody mm -hmm. to know because <clears throat> the information is not good. So you can't trust science. Uh, you can't trust religion. So I think astrology is that happy medium in between, not quite religious and not quite scientific, but it feels both. And mm -hmm. so you kind of feel like, well, stars are real things, so this must be scientific. I'm a spiritual person, but I'm not religious, and this is spiritual. And so it serves as this happy medium. And so, um, and, and, and I think what it's doing is it's filling the void of mm -hmm. distrust of science right. and distrust yeah. of religion. Mm -hmm. And so I think as Christians, um, we just need to openly accept and admit, look, Christians make mistakes. There are liars. There are hypocrites. You know, there have been scandals. Uh, just you name it. Like, we've had all of that in... Um, in our religion and, and wherever you have money and power and prestige you're, you're going to find evil people are going to be drawn to that That's why yeah. the Apostle Paul in Acts 28 says wolves will arise from amongst you so as as a movement transitions from Outside to you know the cool side right people are drawn to it So evil people are not drawn to a movement where you die for being noble good and true, right. you know um, You know Jesus only had Judas and Judas wasn't evil but he was wrong, you know, and that's why I think that you see he's why he kills himself is because he's he's legitimately torn. You know, evil yeah. people are not torn with what they do, so he's overwhelmed by his sin and the fact that he betrayed Jesus. Mm -hmm. But after that, after Christianity becomes a movement, you see Constantinople and guys like this. You know, all of a sudden it becomes cool. Then all of a sudden, evil people are drawn to that, and so I think we just need to say we need to own. Hey, there are hypocrites among us. There are people that are fake, not real. But again, that doesn't mean Jesus isn't real. Mm -hmm. um, and then science, right, is constantly changing, it's confusing. Uh, I think a lot of people feel intimidated by it. And so 
astrology is like this happy medium of, of I'm, I'm kind of spiritual, but I'm also kind of grounded to the permanence of the solar system. And so mm. that's, that's where I think it is, um, you know, for them. And so here's the thing is, um, I think the fastest growing religion is the one in which we get to make it up. Mm-hmm. And so I think that the attraction to that, right, is there's no rules. Yeah. So really, the, the rejection I hear of Christianity is the rules. Okay, I, I, I don't know why it has all these rules. Well, everything needs rules. And so this is why I think so many young people are, are going crazy. What happens when I don't have rules? What happens when I don't know what the game is? Mm-hmm. What, what happens when there isn't permanence between what's right and what's wrong and what's left and what's right? I don't know where I am. Yeah. You know, Jordan Peterson says every person to survive in this world needs an aim. So here's what I'm aiming for. And here's how I know I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Well, without rules, you don't know how you're doing. You don't know how you're progressing because it's changing every day. Yeah. And so the very thing that religion provides, rules, am I doing good? Am I doing bad? You take that away, now I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, um, so then I turn to astrology, which is this constant, and, and, and if you're an astrologist uh, uh, listening, I, I'm sorry, but it's this constant vomiting of positive information. You're a deep feeler. People don't mm-hmm. see you. It's gobbledygook. Like it's mm-hmm. it's there's no conviction at all in it. It's 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 this cheerleading. Mm-hmm. You know, even your negative qualities, Fredo, or the reality that people mm-hmm. don't see your depth. You know, whereas the gospel Thank is you. yeah. <laughs> where the gospel is, Fredo, you're a sinner. That's sin in you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now Jesus can remove that, but you have to conf- you have to identify it, confess mm-hmm. it, and and turn from it. Mm-hmm. And so astrology really kind of removes that. You yeah. know. You, the, the beauty of your essence is unseen by everyone else. Mm-hmm. You know, your your tenacity for love is what drives people away. It's like what? Yeah. Uh, and so as I watched all the videos that you guys had me watch, that's what I saw. Is it's it's this these vague compliments. Mm-hmm. You know, like the astrologist is saying, you know, McVeigh, I can see you're a deep person. Have your emotions ever led you into a bad place? Well, who who hasn't been led yeah, into a bad place very, by their they're emotions? They're very vague descriptions <clears throat> that anybody could fall into, but it's and, and fishing. Yeah. I'm fishing for yeah. you for, for something to affirm in you that you want to be affirmed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, have your have your emotions ever caused you to stand for something that's right? You know, it's like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah occasionally you see, part of being and human, that's who yeah. you are. And people don't see that, so you need to surround yourself with this personality type that then brings that up. And so, um, I think that. Astrology, and again, if you're an astrologist, you know, um, like what I didn't realize is when we did this deep dive, is it's like Christianity in that there's just hundreds of versions of mm-hmm. what type of astrology are you. Um, and so, what I would say is, who you are is not aligned with the stars. So that's what I would say. The Christian, who you are, is aligned with God, who set the stars in their place. And so, it's a completely different uh, place. And so, I would say. Be very, very careful because what astrology ultimately is about is your future. Mm-hmm. It's fortune telling is what mm-hmm. it is. And so, you know, no one has a crystal ball and uh, even experts are routinely wrong. So um, like the stock market, today's a bad day in the stock market, but I have some stocks and I, and I went back and I, and I read the experts. These are analysts. These are people using computer programs, mm-hmm. the best data possible. Here's what they said in December was going to happen to this specific stock. Every single one was wrong. Yeah. And, and but that's the problem is, but that's not going to keep them from continuing to predict. Mm-hmm. We all run back to these people that are continuously wrong. Wow. Yeah. So, um, you know, and, and 
even Warren Buffett gets it wrong more than he gets it right. And he's very, very rich. And so we have to be careful with that. And so I think that we, I think what astrology does, it, it's, it's trying to provide some kind of meaning to this chaos. Right, yeah. Well, here, this yeah. is why this is happening. Mm. Um, and so this is why this is happening to me. Why am I suffering? Oh, there's, there's order, there's meaning, and there's a way out. Mm-hmm. It's, it's funny, my wife is a therapist um, and she works primarily with kids and teenagers. Mm. Um, and even teenagers are already looking at astrology. You know, it's funny, we, yeah. we've talked about, you know, you Google your symptoms before you even, even go see the doctor. Right. These kids will Google what they're feeling and they end up on these astrology sites that are saying, oh, you know, it's not this negative thing, it's people don't understand you. Right. And so they're coming to a therapist saying, oh, I already have the answer because of, you know, X, Y, and Z. It's looking, it's looking more, astrology is looking more for them as a way out of what they're currently feeling um, or affirming the negative things mm-hmm. as a positive thing. Right. So. Yeah, so I, so I would say it's, it's, it's very dangerous to put your future in the hands of some online report or even some person that you pay or some card reader or whatever, right? So you either look at the stars or the lines in your hands. I think it's an escape to, 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 to not force yourself to take responsibility for the choices that you've made. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think even Christians do that when we, uh, we move uh, to hyper-Calvinism where it becomes fatalistic. Well, I'm right. not responsible. God has done all of this. Right. And um, and, it, and it takes responsibility. Well, I, I had to do this. I'm a Sagittarius. I'm a Capricorn. Well, you know me. I'm an Aries, right? Mm-hmm. Well, okay, but you did it. Right. And you're responsible for it. And so I think that's the thing as Christians is we have to understand is God holds us responsible. And our birth date is not responsible for why we did what we did. We're responsible mm-hmm. for why we did what we did. And so we, we need to encourage people to take responsibility and, and, and understand the attractive nature of, of astrology is there's no hell and there's no condemnation and there's no judgment. Right. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Which for them, I hope they're right. Um, Jesus says they're not right. Mm-hmm. He says there is a judgment coming and there is a place that you don't want to go if you, you know, do evil in this life. Like, you know, we're all going to be resurrected. We're going to stand before God. That's what Jesus says. And, and there's going to be judgment for what we did right or wrong. And, you know, um, I, my interpretation of astrology is you're not accountable for what you did. You just did what you did because you were born on a day when the stars were aligned. And, and really the challenge with that, if you're a scientific person, is the earth wobbles. So it's called precession, right? So it's it's wobbling. Like we don't just, it doesn't just spin perfectly. It's, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, it's got... You know, like some big like booty. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. off. <laughs> and so, you know, even like if you ask somebody right now, you know, are, are, are we in the age of um, Aquarius or um, what's the fish? Uh, Pisces. Pisces. So are we in Pisces? Or, so. Yeah. I'm a Pisces. Yeah. Born in March. Yeah. So, well, that's. I love the ocean. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love this one. Yes. That's okay, Nemo. Thank you. Um, so, so people can't even determine, are we in Pisces or are mm-hmm. we in Aquarius? And they debate. Right. They, they debate what that's about. And so um, one of the videos we watched, right, was astronomers and astrologists debating. So an astronomer mm-hmm. is somebody who studies the planetary systems, the stars, they're mm-hmm. mapping it, um, trying to understand the solar system and see what's out there. Astrologists are saying, what does that out there mean about what does it me, mean? Mm-hmm. to me? And you know, I would agree with the astronomer, very little, mm-hmm. very little. And so, 
um, you know, here's the thing is, is astrology is very old. It's yeah. very, very ancient. Right. Here's the good in it. Understanding that there's something bigger than you. Right. That we're a part of something much bigger. And so I think for us as Christians, um, it's okay to be an astrologist and understand, excuse me, an astro astronomer, right? That's the right mm -hmm. word. Yeah. Uh, it's okay to be an astronomer and, and study this, the, the heavens, because the heavens declare the glory of God. Yeah. Genesis 1.14 actually says that God gave uh, the greater light to govern the day, the lesser night, the lesser light to govern the night, and listen, the stars in the heaven as for signs. Mm. Mm -hmm. so, so here's where I think Christians need to understand is that uh, in ancient um, churches and in ancient uh, synagogues, you see the zodiac. Right. The zodiac is in these buildings, and so Christians don't like that. <clears throat> you know, we were talking about your tradition, right? Mm -hmm. They kind of close their eyes and pretend there isn't two thousand years of Christian history. Right. But but the zodiac <clears throat> is a part of uh, early Christianity and and uh, later, or excuse me, older Judaism. And why is that? Because the zodiac initially isn't what's going on about me. It's a clock. So think about we don't have a clock in here, but how many numbers are on a clock? 12. How many signs are in the zodiac? 12. 12. Wasn't sure if it was a trick question. It wasn't a trick question. <laughs> so the zodiac is a 360 degree view of, of the, the planetary systems and stars around us, and it is a measurement of time. Mm -hmm. So the zodiac switches time every 2,160 years. Somebody multiply that times 12. What is two, I think it's 25,900. Is that what it is? That'd be awesome if you're right. I don't know. I'm not a mathematician. It's forever to find my calculator. Great. 2,160 years or 2,150, I can't remember. That What's the equation again? <laughs> times 12. 2,160 times 12. 2000. I think it's 25,900 is the answer. 2,160. Yes. That yeah, says yes. 25,920. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> 25,920. So, so, mm -hmm. so roughly 25,900 years um, is the span of time. And the ancients were fixated on this. <laughs> So uh, constantly, and, and this is the ancient Mayan, the ancient Egans, the ancient Egyptians, the ancient Babylonians, uh, even um, you know the Chinese, the Japanese. I mean, all across the globe, every civilization that has millennia of history. Mm -hmm. You know, not everybody. Like the United States doesn't have a millennia of history, but the Native Americans, even they watched uh, mm -hmm. the stars. Even they, um, so many of these ancient Indian sites that we find. Are, are either pictures of the sky above them or are um, looking to uh, cementing a specific time in history. So like the Hoover Dam on it, when the, when the, when the, when the U.S. architect built it, instead of putting this was erected on you know, June 1st, 1932, which I don't know the date is, he actually put the solar system hmm. oh, wow. on it for that, that day. And the reason for that is 10,000 years from now, if nobody speaks English, if nobody understands what the United States of America was, you know, think 10,000 years from now, mm -hmm. the earth has been flooded and destroyed multiple times. Um, you know, all the Christians are freaking out. God said he wouldn't destroy it, right? Okay. But it has happened in the past. How do you speak to the people in the future about an right. event that happened? People will know, oh, this was erected on this date based upon the constellation because you can actually, with a computer module, move the solar system backwards like a clock and know exactly when that was. So... So it's important, I think, that we pay attention to the stars. Jesus ultimately talks about that, that, that there will be signs in the heavens when he is mm -hmm. to return. Yeah. So that's where I think 
astronomy is important. There will be celestial declarations of the return of God. Um, just like think about in Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, all the Jewish leaders are studying the Word of God, trying to figure out when the Messiah is going to become. And the astronomers mm -hmm. from the East don't have the Word of God, but they saw something that they were looking for in the stars that indicated something special and unique was going to happen. Yeah, I was right. going to ask about that. Yeah. yeah, so so I do think that the the heavens declare the glory of God, and the heavens did did predict the coming of Christ. Mm -hmm. But we're not the Messiah, right? So it did predict Him, and Jesus says things will happen in the heavens and the stars to indicate His return. Yeah. So, so that's what I think Genesis one fourteen means. So I think the zodiac is important because it's a clock. And it reminds people, and this is what I think the Mayans are trying to teach us, the Egyptians, the Babylonians, the Persians, time is running out. Mm. So this is why it's important. So Jesus Christ was lived about 2,000 years ago, mm -hmm. right? So what is the early sign of the Christian church? It's not the cross. What is it? The fish. The fish. fish. It's the sign of Aries. So it's his age. Lo, I will be with you even unto the end of the age. So the ancient peoples are understanding when he says age, he probably is referring to a 2,160 year period. Mm -hmm. In modern Christianity, because we've divorced ourselves from that, any of that understanding, and now labeled it occultic, which it is, um, we throw the baby out with the bathwater. What it is is a clock saying time's running out. And the Mayans, the Mayans thought, right, it ended in 2012 mm -hmm. yeah. with the age of Aquarius, mm -hmm. which its symbol is water. So Jesus, what does he offer the woman at the well? Water. Living water, a new water, a new stream. He's talking about a coming age. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and he's speaking to a pagan woman in a context that she understands. Mm -hmm. We, because we're Christians, don't understand all the nu nuances of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the ancient peoples track the stars. I mean, think about it. every single night, there's no light. You're, you're seeing the stars everywhere. Mm -hmm. And it's an ability to, I think, connect with people. Mm -hmm. and, and we've lost that now. Yeah. And so, um, <clears throat> and here's what's interesting. <clears throat> uh, many of the Jewish holidays from time to time fall on uh, the vernal equinox and the spring equinox. Okay. So the next time the Day of Atonement lands on the vernal equinox is 2034. Interesting. Right? Yeah. yeah. Easter can land on uh, the spring equinox. Here's the bizarre thing. There may have been a time when uh, Pentecost was on the summer solstice, right? Because the earth is wobbling. So right now, right. Summer, summer solstice is somewhere between June 20th and 22nd, the longest day of the year. Mm -hmm. So Pentecost could, could have been right around that moment because it's, what, 50 days after Easter. If we had a late Easter that year, you know, because, again, the earth is wobbling, so the seasons are changing a little bit. Mm -hmm. So... Um, so it's just interesting, right? You know, we, we need to understand that, that the Jews operated according to a calendar. Mm -hmm. yeah. The first thing God does is he sets up a week. Like he's organizing things. Um, and so it's the way the ancients understood the clock. Yeah. God is moving. I mean, we would say God is moving. They would say probably the gods or mm -hmm. their ancient peoples or whatever are moving through this clock. Mm -hmm. And so where I think it's good is it lets us know that time is running out, mm -hmm. right? So there was, a, there was a time when it started and there will be a time when it ends. And all ancient peoples understood that. Now we laugh at it. Yeah. Um, what do you think 
in, in your opinion, we're seeing culture move away from, like we, we talked about in the deconstruction episode, we're moving away from 2,000 years of church history right. because now we know better. Why do you think culture is more forgiving towards a older belief system like astrology compared to um, Christianity or something like that? I don't think it is. I think astrology just doesn't really have any influence. So you guys aren't old enough to remember Nancy Reagan. But when I was a kid, Nancy Reagan was big time into astrology. She had an astrologer that came and visited the White House. It was a huge deal because Ronald Reagan represented conservative Christians and his wife was seeking an astrologist for wisdom. Mm -hmm. Like it was, a, it, was, it was a big deal. It was really wow. ugly. And I don't think there's been a president that's openly had that since then because it really was egg on their face. Um, so I think anytime a movement comes in power, that's what people attack. Mm -hmm. So like if America became a Muslim nation and Christianity falls out instantly, as long as we maintain free speech, uh, Muslim nations tend not to not have that, um, then, then the focus in the enemy will become whatever's in power. Astrology is just not in power. It's still, I think it's a play thing for most people. It's mm -hmm. something that they do on the side. Very, very few people take it as seriously as Christians do. Like, for example, my wife and I, we attend church every week. We give 10% of our income to the church. Mm -hmm. How many astrologists do that? Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's for us, you know, Christianity is something that, that, that really guides our lives. Mm -hmm. I think most people, if you met somebody that, that, where astrology was guiding their life, you go, that's weird. That's what I think. Yeah. There's very, very few. So it's not really in control. Um, and astrology doesn't say, outside of maybe you killing somebody, that anything is, I mean, Christianity speaks specifically into how you operate your life. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what people don't like. And its yeah. impact on others as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. Astrology probably says don't hurt others. Right. But, um, but if you do, it's okay, because that's just, that's just who you are. Well, I don't I know. I feel like you, that's the difference. Yeah. I think, I think that, like, Zodiac and really pursuing that is very much, well, you're just, that's just how you are. Yeah. And so it might be wrong. Mm. But that's just how you are, and so it's like a lot more lenient mm -hmm. towards those mistakes, I feel like, compared to... Well, maybe even excuse it, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I don't know if they would accept a, a self-sacrificial love for someone else's good as like within their understanding mm -hmm. of your future direction, you know? Because I think it, it's, a, it's an itch that gets met very quickly because you can use your digital sage, your phone, pull something up, find true enough statements about yeah. what your week will be or your month will be or whoever your next boo will be, right? Like they're yeah. true enough generalized statements mm -hmm. that, that in, in some ways, like they just kind of gas you up, you mm -hmm. know? But internally they are, I think, meeting a deep question of where am I going? Like what does the future hold for me? You mm -hmm. know, because you mentioned this a second ago, time is running out. Like we do believe that the world is not moving in a circular motion, but like a linear one. Right. We are moving towards a direction, right. you yeah. know? And the future is not so much an event, but the future is a person. Like Jesus himself holds the keys mm -hmm. to everything, you know? And so I think that's what, yeah, that's how I would counsel people is like, I think the, the unique offer of Jesus is, uh, as the psalmist says, the course of my life is in your power, mm -hmm. Psalm 31, right? Mm -hmm. So the stars are trying to set a course for my life. I am more grateful that a person has that, yeah. mm -hmm. not so much a set, kind of in motion, beautiful thing to look mm -hmm. at at any given night, you know, because you're right, yeah. there is a sense in which you look up and you're amazed that something bigger than me mm -hmm. is, is happening and is around me, you know, mm -hmm. and so 
there is an importance to feeling finite as a human mm -hmm. and trying to get wisdom as you humble yourself and like, wow, this is so big. But the good news of Jesus is like the whole, all the mystery of God is found right. in this person, yeah. you know. And we have a rabbi, we have a teacher, we have a compass who took on human flesh, yeah. you know. And so that, that's what I would say to anyone who's curious about their future is like, that's a good thing. That's a human thing. Right. Consider for a moment another human has your future mm -hmm. and he actually lived and died for you, you mm -hmm. know, and so Yeah, yeah, and your future is not in a bunch of mathematical charts and graphs mm -hmm. right. You know calculating the stars, but your future is in a divine uh, eternal spirit Who we call God mm -hmm. and he has revealed himself to us by becoming flesh on the earth like so like I'm trying to understand myself through stars billions of light years away or I can understand myself through a personal God who became yes, flesh yeah. and dwelt among mm -hmm. us. So, us so so one is my future is out there and the other is my future is right here in Christ he mm -hmm. he visited us and so um, you know so that's the other thing is like you know so the astrology you know when we did the research it says astrology comes to us from the Babylonian and Egyptian cultures um, I actually think that uh, I actually think that ancient Egyptian culture was a resurrection-based culture, mm -hmm. and the reason I think that is the pyramids. Mm -hmm. I do not believe that the pyramids of Giza are a tomb. I think it is a picture of resurrection. So the pyramid of Giza is one forty-three thousandth the exact size of the nor of the northern hemisphere of the Earth, wow. and it points to Orion's belt, three stars, and and it, it sits in direction. Um, to the Nile River as Orion's belt does to the Milky Way. It's incredible, man. It's an, it's wow. an exact reflection. And I think I think what the Sphinx is, is probably a lion looking at the exact vernal equinox at a particular date in time that is much older than our schools think. I think, you know, our, our schools think civilization started about 4,000, 6,000 years ago. Uh, and, and the problem with that is we don't see little pyramids getting bigger, getting bigger, failing, getting, mm -hmm. they just show up, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, the way that human invent things, right, like you can't compare what Ford built in 1912 to the Ford you drive today. Right. Because there's been a, a progression through experiment and whatever. How on earth did the Egyptians start off with the Tesla car? Ooh. Yeah. So there's, there's a divine intelligence there mm -hmm. that's been lost. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I think the Egyptians, when, when you look at it, right, there's a, there's three levels. So the one, did you know that there's there's a there's a um, there's a there's a room be beneath the uh, the pyramid of Giza, and they're all empty. Every single one is empty. And then there's these pathways. One's called the Queen's Chamber, and the next is called the King's Chamber, and they all point exactly up to Orion's Belt. Like wow. tr try how how do we get up? Even while they're underground. Yeah, mm. it's a picture of how do we ascend to heaven? This desire for resurrection, and there's no mm -hmm. there's never been a um, a tomb found in there, and and I, I believe I've not been in the in the inner sanctum of the of the pyramid, but it's empty. Like there's no there's no there's nothing written in it. Like barely. Yeah, and some of them are, but in Giza there's nothing. So um, you know it's it's crazy, man. And what these guys could do, um, it's just amazing. So so I think that the Egyptians are marking a particular time, a moment in time. Um, I think it might be the flood right the worldwide mm -hmm. flood that mm -hmm. all we were all taught didn't happen i think mm -hmm. that there's a catastrophe that happened that was global and they're trying to mark it to warn us about again 
future judgment. Even the Mayans, right, all the sacrifices that they did, it wasn't that they wanted to kill people. They were trying to delay the coming judgment of God. Yeah. Mm. Or get their crops back. Yeah. yeah. So they're trying to or appease power. trying to appease God by killing these people. Right. Because they thought doom was coming. Mm-hmm. And they were trying to avoid that. And so, mm-hmm. right, so there's this ancient wisdom of trying to avoid this this upcoming judgment of God. God right. the God or gods are displeased and they're gonna come back. And so for us, right, that's the day of judgment. For Muslims, you know, and Jews, right, God is going to judge. Muslims and, and Christians, we believe mm-hmm. Jesus is going to judge. So um, as Christians, we believe that we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus and will survive Judgment Day, as Paul says, as though through fire. That's not very encouraging, but, <laughs> you know, um, we're going to get through it. And so I, I just think people people don't want that. It's like, it's like people don't go to the doctors because they don't want the bad news. I think that's yeah. why people avoid Christianity because there's only good news because there's some really bad news. Mm-hmm. And the really bad news is you will not live forever on your own. Yeah. So, you know, everybody says, we're, you know, oh, well, they died and went to heaven. I'm like, great, which direction is it? Like, we, nobody knows. Right. But Jesus says, I know because I came from there. So, um, but. I wanted to, so before we started recording the show, Maddie and I were talking about how um, a lot of astrology is seeking like really deep personal relationships with other people, trying to understand mm-hmm. um, where they're coming from, mm-hmm. um, understand what makes us tick. And you guys both said some great things about finding like our pers- our, um, our identity in Christ. I would love for you guys just to expand on that. You know, people that are looking for um, just deeper personal relationships in a very digital age mm-hmm. and are turning to astrology for that. Like what, I'm trying to think of how I would word the question. So it's nice and boxed, but how would you guys counsel someone that's maybe not necessarily looking for their future, but just looking to connect with people. Um, yeah, I, I think that astrology is attempting to answer the question of why is it so hard for me to find love? Why is it so hard for me to relate to these people wow. when I have such a desperate need for that? And so, so, so its answer, right, is it's, it's the barriers are in the stars. Mm-hmm. And so you need to pursue somebody who is aligned with you, you know, according to the date with which you were born. And, and the problem is, People are challenging no matter what day they're born because people are sinners. And I think it, it's just trying to make sense of, right, like we all, I, I think most people want love, most people want peace, mo- most people want good things, why don't we have it? Because mm-hmm. there's a part of human nature that doesn't allow it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so astrology, I think, says if you can align yourself rightly to a person, then you're gonna avoid what we call sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the problem is, I don't care who you married, and there's probably a real, there's probably a bunch of dissatisfied astrologists out there who are like, I married my perfect person born on the perfect date, and we still suck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because stars aren't the problem; sin is the mm-hmm. problem. Yeah. And um, you know, I, I think whenever you, I think we're all lonely, on some mm-hmm. level, and we're dissatisfied with our friendships, our relationships, and even our family of origin. And so astrology says, oh, you're misaligned. So if we correct that, then you're going to mm-hmm. find peace. And I, I just think it, it'd be nice. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you know. If it was that simple. I mean, I've been, I've, been a, I've been a pastor for 26 years. I am continually shocked at how hard good people are. Yeah. I actually mm. love what you said about what they're looking for because I think all of the research and the videos and the podcasts that I watched and listened to that we had talked about, the more information I found the actually more divisive I feel like yeah. the, the zodiac is because it, it really is it's this is this question of like 
how do I find people? Mm. And if, if you're not this sign that aligns with me, I want nothing to do with you. Like, mm. if you're a Scorpio, we can't be friends. If you're, like, a lot of the more the pop culture and sort of, mm. like, really base level, it really does seem very divisive yeah, if we it's don't like spiritual align. racism. Yeah, yeah, no, really, it really was <laughs> yeah. like that. And so I love what you're saying. It was like, we're craving love, we're craving relationship, but people are broken. So it doesn't matter yeah. if you're the same star sign because... Yeah. And even in, even in church, I think the reason, you know, people leave the church is, oh, I got hurt by the church. I say, well, what were their names? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Sandals Church doesn't hurt anybody, but people in Sandals Church, they've hurt me. Yeah. Like, like anybody needs to go to therapy for their wounds from Sandals <laughs> Church, it's me. I mean, you know, uh, I was talking to somebody last night, and um, this, is a, this is somebody that I really trust, and he was challenging one, a leader in our church. He said, there's no way they're going to be upset after all we've done for them. And I, I almost started laughing. I was like, look, man, uh, I've loved my wife for 26 years. I've been good to her. It doesn't matter a hill of beans when she's mad. <laughs> it just doesn't. Like she, she, yeah. she, when we, when we have a, when we have a, dis, when we have a disagreement, she's not, you know what? You've been good and faithful for 26 years. You've yeah. provided, you've had integrity, you've listened. No, no, no. Whatever is in front of our face, man, because yeah. we're broken people and we... I'm not even like that to my wife. Yeah. You know, when, if I'm mad at her, I'm not yeah. thinking of all the time she was very caring to me. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, and, and it's because we are truly broken. It's why the one command that John gives, and it always cracks me up, the one commandment that you must do is, is you must believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and, right, the one commandment mm-hmm. and love one another. Mm-hmm. It's really hard. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's... It's easier to love Jesus because he's in heaven. It's harder to love the person that's in front of me that's deeply broken, that doesn't want to own. Man, I didn't do that because I'm a Sagittarius. I didn't do that because I'm a Capricorn. I did that because I'm a sinner. And, um, you know, I was so proud of my wife this week. She she went up to somebody in our church and she just said, man, I need to confess something to you. And my wife's a one on the Enneagram. We can mm-hmm. talk about that. It's hard for ones to admit that they made a mistake. And she said, I don't know why I said it, but it was wrong. And she said, I, I have felt shame since I said it. Will you forgive me? You know? Wow. So it's easier to say, you know how Capricorns are. Like we just, you know, yeah. like I yeah. just did this, right? So you're excusing. Yeah. So what astrology does is it excuses sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, what Christianity, I think, causes us to do is to personalize it and confess it. Yeah. yeah. Here's what I did. I'm so sorry. That was wrong. Please forgive me. Mm-hmm. And it's right. really vulnerable, right? Because people don't always forgive you when you... When you yeah, ask for forgiveness. Yeah. And so here's a big difference. You know, people say, what's the difference between astrology and the Enneagram? Well, astrology doesn't ask me how I feel. It says, you were born on this date. This is who you are. Mm-hmm. The Enneagram is me sitting down, taking a test, answering questions based upon how I feel and how I see myself. Mm-hmm. And then it says, this is probably the core sin struggle that you have. And this is what how you can move towards health. And this is how you can degrade into sin so it, it really shows two paths mm-hmm. so ultimately right the gospel forgives us of our sins but but getting rid of our sin is work mm-hmm. like yeah god, god doesn't yeah god yeah. doesn't just change like i didn't turn in jesus when I, I don't know if you guys did when i gave my life to christ <laughs> you know i was transformed spiritually i was declared you know we talked a little bit this last week uh, in church about value, why things have va- things have value because we declare them to have value. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same thing with God. God has declared that we are righteous, but I'm still not like like what He says is true about me. I'm still walking in sin, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I'm still broken, and I still do selfish things, and I'm having to unlearn 
you know, how, how, how to identify my brokenness and then heal in that. And right. I don't know that m- uh, some astrologists might challenge people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can tell you this, you know, most people at Sound Church, when they're challenged, leave. Yeah. That's human nature. Oh, I'm going to go somewhere else where, yeah. you know, and, and I think it's speaking the truth in love, like we said, lovingly challenge people, which I think I was really bad at early on, but mm. I've gotten better at. But so the Enneagram is very, very different because mm-hmm. it's how you see yourself versus who you are being forced on you. And the thing about astrology is it's so vague. I think we can all find ourselves yeah. mm-hmm. in that a little bit. Like but like when I read the one personality, I'm like, I got none of that. You know, mm-hmm. like I I just don't. Um, I have no nine, you know. I mean, I like, you know, I, I, can, I can rest for about an hour and then I'm going crazy. You know, my sin is the opposite. Um, yeah. You know, I have zero five. I've never had a thought I didn't share. Like, you know, um, you know, it just kind of it just kind of comes out. And so, um, and I think the beauty of the enneagram is it helps me discover what's wrong, mm-hmm. so I can say, Jesus, help me make this right. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and then and and then again, I think the thing astrology is missing is the need for community. So. Why, once I align myself with the stars, then I'm going to find what the Bible says is I need community. Because not only do I not see my sin, I don't see my giftedness. Mm-hmm. Like your sermon yeah. a couple weeks ago, I think it was your first sermon about our giftedness. I was sitting in a group and one of the gals, she's like, yeah, I don't see my giftedness at all. And what she means by that is I can't sing. I can't preach. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not a face for the church. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and this person runs the show on Saturday nights for kids ministry. And I, mm-hmm. I watched her work and I'm like, what do you, what do you mean you're not gifted? Yeah. So community doesn't just help us see our sin, it helps us see our giftedness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't, I don't think we see giftedness, we just do it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think we see giftedness as the things we wish we had that we have to work for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I mm-hmm. wish I was like Fredo. And I think, well, I think astrology is trying to show giftedness in people, but where it falls short is you only get this gift because you're born on this day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, to where Christianity right. is saying, "Hey, like you're you're given these gifts because you're made in the image of God." Right. You know, yeah. um, there's a deeper meaning to the giftedness mm-hmm. we get other than like, "Oh, I was born on October 1st, so yeah. this is mm-hmm. the cards I was dealt." Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think there's a deep need. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, I've been talking say, too much. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I'm also curious, just from my limited perspective, I think what makes it such an enticing thing, especially for people who are trying to find love Mm -hmm. is we we don't have to do the hard work of really listening to them and learning about their life Mm -hmm. if i can learn your sign then i can gather a bunch of data about you right Mm -hmm. so it almost expedites this process of actually like building human relationships you know Mm -hmm. we don't have time to build relationships anymore Mm -hmm. and then you you couple that with the cultural moment of self-discovery where like labels and titles help us identify ourselves mm-hmm. and relate to people mm-hmm. the signs become an easy and natural way for us to be like oh you're this you're that you know and uh, it it i think misses out on the journey of learning about someone right you know and doing the hard work of spending time with them actually cultivating a genuine relationship mm-hmm. and um and yeah i just think there's another way you know i think mm-hmm. there's a better way forward for us so because it is real and human to feel like there's got to be someone there mm-hmm. And there is someone there. His name is Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's not a cliche. Like, I think everyone is looking for God, whether they realize it or not. We are yeah. searching for God hmm. since since the garden. We've been looking for God. And so I think, you know, the astrologist approach is is a a step in some direction. Mm-hmm. But like, there's there's a there's a lot there's a lot more out there. You know. Yeah. So much of it really is like when you think it's for yourself. It's very much like self focused, self guided of like 
hey, today, because you, mm-hmm. you get your daily, mm-hmm. your daily horoscope, it's like, avoid this because this might be hard, but then pursue yeah. this. Like if, you want, if you're feeling lucky, go for what you think today because the stars are limited. It's very much like very limited guidelines versus yeah, pursuing and, personal growth. Yeah, and, and, mm-hmm. and what you just said completely devalues wisdom. Yes. Right. Like it's it's robbing you of 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 making a wise choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's about easy. Right. I mean literally, I mean like the stars are aligned, therefore I'm going to I'm going to do this. I mean, can you imagine like if that was my financial strategy? Mm. Like mm-hmm. I, I would be mm-hmm. broke. Um and it's really really sad and th- I think the thing is when you say enough vague things, people are going to you know, find some truth where they want to see it, mm-hmm. yeah. and 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 only remember that, and not remember, um, you know. And, and Christians do this. You know, I don't understand why, you know, God did this. You know, uh, um, you know, I was speaking with a pastor this last week, and his his wife committed suicide. You know, and he's, tra- he's trying to understand that. You know, like, hey, I, I love you, I've served you, and I lost my wife. Why did this happen? So that's where I think astrology comes in. Oh well, these stars. You know, it's. It's not your fault. This just happened. Mm-hmm. And, and the problem is, as Christianity, I think we have to have room for we don't have the answers to everything. We just mm-hmm. don't. Um, you know, things don't always make sense from our perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have to, and that's where I think worship is helpful. You just go, okay, Lord, this is bigger than me. I don't understand this. Yeah. And um, whereas, you know, what do you do when the stars are aligned and it's still wrong? I mean, that's very, yeah. you know, yeah. I think the, the wheels kind of fall off at that point because it's clearly wrong. And so, yeah, um, yeah I think you got to be very careful about, you know, who you give control to. Uh, and religion has not, and Christian religion has has not handled that wisely. You know, as um, one of the things I've tried to do, you know, as my power and influence has grown, uh, you know, when I started Sandals Church, right, I had no influence. I had no power. But as the church began to grow, I watched pastors from our church not handle power well. Um, Some people change when they get on stage and they preach. Uh, They get a little authority. They get a little notoriety. It it messes them up. And so you have to handle that very carefully. Mm -hmm. Um, And so pastors don't. They believe their own press. You know, um, they... I I think that the weird thing about, like... Like Tom Cruise at the end of the day, and I'm gonna pick on Tom Cruise, um, at the end of the day, he knows he's not a spiritual leader. He's not God. People may treat him like a star, but he knows. And a rock star, the same thing, or an author, the same thing. Right? They, they have a type of worship. The danger in, in Christianity is, not only do I have some fame, but I do represent God. And I do speak for God when mm-hmm. I'm speaking for him. It's a very dangerous thing. And it's why very few people can handle it. We talked about words this week, and James says, not many of you ought to be teachers mm-hmm. because you will stand, a, you will have a stricter judgment. Mm-hmm. Like, right? I mean, yeah. we, need to, we, we need to be careful with that because, and, and, and some guys just don't. Um, and so I think that's been very hurtful. And so what we've done is we've not handled our authority well. Um, and for everyone who's a critic, it's not as easy as you think it is to lead people to do the right thing. Yeah. You know, um, like everybody's super critical of the Catholic Church, as they should be, for molestations and the protection of priests. I'm someone who's had to intervene when there's been a child that's been um, wounded or hurt. 
it's not as easy as you think and people do not support you in the way that you everybody categorically would say yeah yeah that's the right thing I would do that and then you do it mm -hmm. and there's family members involved and there's friends involved yeah. and there's people who say right OJ Simpson's mom still thinks he's innocent he cut mm -hmm. off Nicole Brown Simpson's head like mm -hmm. you know he did it right and I, I probably just lost half our listeners you know, he's innocent <laughs> he was framed um, you know, nobody wants to believe that their loved one is evil. Yeah. Um, but it happens. And uh, I think the hard thing in leadership is is willing to not let evil win and do the right thing, even when that means you potentially send your loved one, your friend, your fellow priest, your fellow pastor to jail forever. Mm -hmm. And and at the end of the day, unless I saw it, I don't know what happened. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? So... Um, could the Catholic Church have done it better? Yes, absolutely. Um, but you know, they just—you know—the vast majority of priests. They just did a, a survey in France. Ninety-seven percent of priests in France were good. It was the three percent, and how they—they they didn't deal with the three percent. Mm -hmm. um, a so, little leaven, yeah. Huh? A little leaven, leaven's whole. Yeah, long. man. So you know, you got to deal with that. But I—I I would think that it, when I started Sandals Church, I would have thought there would be unanimous support. For dealing with pedophiles hmm. and there's not hmm. so you have to you have to do the right thing and be willing to have people mad at you blog you know um, lie disparage your name um, you know because people who commit crimes against children don't go away quietly right you know um, mm -hmm. so you know and there's people out there who say things about me and it's like it's actually what they did hmm. you know but but uh, Facebook didn't care yeah, you know, so they I think that's a miss that there is. I think of understanding ministry and being in it is that everything is so relational. Like just be like someone sinned pre previously, but like there was still love and care. Like doing exactly yeah. what you said. That that's so hard, and I well, feel like people don't see that. Yeah, and here's the thing: I would say, like, if you're going to see an astrologist, I I believe I'm going to stand before God and be held accountable for how I led you. Does the astrologist believe that? I think they just want to make some money, write a book, get you to sign up for their app. Are, are there some Christians who are that way? Sure, make, they're monetizing their faith, but they will be held accountable. I believe mm -hmm. that. And, and yeah. um, you know, I remember years ago, um, you know, when Jim Baker, he was a famous televangelist worth millions of dollars, you know, ended up having sex with a bunch of women, taking money from people, building his own empire. And they asked him, why do you think you fell? Did you forget about God's love? And he said, no, I always knew about God's love. He said, I forgot to fear God. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's both. We have to know and believe and trust in the love of God, and yes. we have to also know and, and appreciate and trust in the fear of God. And we have mm -hmm. to have both of those things. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you know, you're just going to excuse your behavior. Um, mm -hmm. You know, like um, our, our favorite guy that, got in trouble for all the massage therapists um, you know Robbie Zacharias, Robbie Zacharias yeah. you know he would tell the women God understands and, well what happened is right and and this guy changed my life with his writings like yeah. affected me yeah. deeply in a positive way yeah. um, but he forgot the fear of the Lord mm -hmm. um, yes he's a man and yes God understands the temptations of a man but he still holds him accountable in particular because he's a leader mm. yeah. and so you know, you just ha you just have to deal with that, and so you know, I don't think astrology again has the same rules, and so that's why again everyone wants to throw out religion. At least there's identifiable, agreeable rules. 
Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not a Muslim, but there are rules. I'm not a Jew, but there are rules. Mm-hmm. I am a Christian. I, I'm a conservative Christian, and there are rules. And I know when I'm going outside or not. A, with, with astrology, man, you're on your own. Like, I, mm-hmm. I don't know when you... I don't know that any of them know when they violated whatever it is that they think. And that's why when people say, well, I'm just a spiritual person, you have no rules. You have no compass to know what north is and what south is and what east is and what west is. And it's, I think it's a very, very... Uh, anxious inducing thing mm-hmm. because uh, the truth is if you're in astrology you're on your own and the stars they don't care about you they're yeah. balls of gas right yeah so but we have a divine God who deeply cares about us exactly so and I think Jesus's words too like the heavens and the earth will pass away yeah. but not one jot mm-hmm. not one little mark in the script will be taken away you know and so if you're at your desk processing who you are your life your relationships and you're thinking astrology content or scripture, like let's rely on the words of Jesus. Jesus to me, I'm willing to risk my faith on his words mm-hmm. and say what he says trumps, you know? And so, um, and, and I think that's where the fear of the Lord begins mm-hmm. in terms of experiencing wisdom that Solomon talked mm-hmm. about, you know? It's great to know what the direction of your life is, but like, let's go to the one who is the source of life, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And if he says all everything else is passing away, but these words are standing true, like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna bank my life on the words, mm-hmm. you know? Even if it means I gotta be less selfish, mm-hmm. you know, not allow my desires to dictate my whole day, you mm-hmm. know, and, and make room for people and love, like, I think we can do that, you yeah. know, so. Definitely. Yeah. I think there is something really attractive about, like, I mean, what you said, there's no rules. Um, I think that is very attractive. I mean, to anybody, I think particularly young people of almost being this, like, I'm just a leaf floating in the wind, Mm. like, wherever (laughs) it takes me. I think there is something really attractive about that. But at the same time, I think I was in, when I was a teenager, he said something that really shifted my point of view, which was, like, there's actually freedom in rhythms. Mm -hmm. Like, when you have a schedule, when you have a plan, like, there's actually true freedom that comes from that. Mm -hmm. And I think that was something I was like. Wow. That's ridiculous. I know. I remember. That is ridiculous. <laughs> like, why? Like, how? How could that be? Um, well, and, and then yeah, I lived it, and I yeah. was like, oh, oh my gosh. But I think, like, what would you, either of you, you say to somebody? Like, what is it about having? Because I think we've talked about rules are good; they direct you. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think people are a little bit more emotion led. Like, what is it about having guidelines that is actually? Well, again, me? what you just said: when you're emotion led, you're emotion led. I mean that's that's what it is. I mean w- when when your emotions are driving, man, have fun because it's going to take you everywhere. And so that's what I was telling Fredo when we were talking about the, the Holy Shift series. The fir- the opening chapter is God setting order. Yeah, mm-hmm. like He's creating a week, and so and so why is that? So that our life is guided by a rhythm. Like God, we work for seven days, six days, and then on the seventh day we rest, and everything rests. Nobody does that. I mean. Not even pastors do that. Like, like um, trying to find you know some place where you relax and detach, and, and and what it is, it's the ability to say the world's going to go on without me, mm-hmm. and I can stop and, and take a day and rest and worship. And so, you know, um, my mom um, high one on the enneagram. Like we were raised. Like we 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 ate at the same restaurant every single Wednesday, probably from seventh grade until I graduated high school. We didn't deviate. We ate at the same place for, for breakfast before we went to church on Sunday. Same place every single week. Um, and um, my dad used to say, structure binds anxiety. 
Mm. So, so when you don't know, you know, my wife's always asking me, what are you gonna do tomorrow? I'm like, it's on the calendar. Like I do the same thing every week. I I go, I I eat, I could eat the same thing for breakfast every day. I I go to the gym every day. I do my quiet time on the same day. Like I I, I operate in these rhythms because it it takes away anxiety. Mm. I know what I'm gonna do. I go to church every single week, whether I'm here or not. We're going to worship and connect with God. Um, you know, those rhythms provide. I'm going to have. What is small group? Small group is meaningful relationships. That's 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 improving your relationship with God and other people. Everyone needs that, but nobody yeah. makes time for it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's it's meaningful friendships. Then it's service. It's it's meaning to life. Like everyone, I think at their job goes, what, what's the point in this? Like I had more meaning out of working in the four-year-old class than I've had in a long time. Yeah. Wow. I'm loving on these kids. Like I heard the stories of some of the kids that go to that class, w- what their parents are going through, what they're gonna face when they go home. And I realized, what, 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 how could I spend a more impactful hour of my life? Like how many of you guys have ever watched a movie or a show and you're like, I just wasted. <laughs> oh, man. Like, oh, man. right? Don't get me started. I, <laughs> I will never feel that when I work in a four-year-old class and I'm telling them God loves them. Mm-hmm. God made you. That's so important. Yeah. You know, that, 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 that there are rhythms to creation and that's mm-hmm. important and you are loved and you matter and I can't wait to see you next week. Like, think about that. I know, I know. So the four-year-old class was taught by Mr. David. That's what he tells the kids his name is. Um, they know and he says, I'll be here next week if you come back at four o'clock. So it's that consistency, yeah. Yeah. and that's and that's what's so important. And I think so many households are missing that because on Sundays they don't know what they're going to do. Are we going to wake up? Are we going to go get breakfast? Are we going to fight? What are we going to do? And so you know, whether it's Saturday nights or Sundays, we're going to go to church. We're going to serve, and we're going to we're going to hear from something bigger than us. And so it's not trying to un- understand the stars of the chart. It's the God who created the stars speaking directly to us, yeah. and and He is doing that. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's powerful, man. Sometimes when I'm speaking, and I'm sure you've experienced this, I hear from God through my own mouth, and I'm like, whoa, oh, yeah. what just happened? I had this moment on, I think it was Sunday at 11 o'clock service. I said, um, I, can't, I wish I could remember exactly what I said because it wasn't in my notes and it wasn't planned, but it was something like, you know, as long as you are a slave to self, you'll be a slave to your sin, but when you become a servant of Jesus, you'll be set free. It was this incredible quote, and I just stopped. I said, did everybody just hear that? I said, that's not in my notes. I can't believe I did. And I restated it again. Mm-hmm. I said, that was from the Lord. I didn't think about that. I didn't plan that. It just came rolling out. And I was like, I got chills all up and down my body. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's a prophetic word. Mm-hmm. And I wish I could quote it accurately right now. I should have listened to God as he spoke. Um, <laughs> but I think, we, I think we need that. And um, you know, people say, well, the church just wants my money. No, the church has to talk about money because you want your money. I would love to never, you too probably, oh, yeah. to never speak on money again. But I have to because people are not generous and they yeah. live in a world of scarcity and they don't want to tithe and they don't want to give and they don't, they don't want to do that. And, and unfortunately, your guys' generation struggles with it more than any generation ever. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And some of that's debt, but some of it's entitlement. And, um, you know, uh, it was interesting. We were in a small group last night and I can't remember the Swahili word but the Swahili word free and worthless is the same word. Wow. So like free healthcare, free education, free, 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 worthless. 
So when someone gives it to you for free, it has no value mm -hmm. because you didn't earn it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's just interesting that in Swahili, it's the same word, you know? And so um, when I walk into Sandals churches, I know that my wife and I have given. We've sacrificed, mm -hmm. we've said no to ourselves. Um, you know, we, we had this conversation with, with uh, our son who was struggling with whether or not he's wanted to stay in school. And I said, your mother and I have said no to ourselves for 20 years so we could say yes to this college experience. Mm -hmm. We've denied ourselves so that you can have this privilege. And, but he didn't, he didn't experience the sacrifice. Yeah. So he doesn't appreciate the gift. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I said, well, we may, we may need to adjust the giving so that you appreciate the sacrifice. Because, you know, I'm saying no to myself because I believe in him. Yeah. My wife and I say no to 10% of our income because we believe in the church. I, I, here's what I think most Christians are missing. I believe the Lord Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world, but I believe the church is the hope of the world. There's, there, there's a, there, a guy wrote a book years ago called No Plan B. The church is plan A. There's no plan B. Mm -hmm. And I think a, a lot of young people say, well, I can have Jesus, but not the church. And, and that's like you saying, you love me, but you hate my wife. Mm -hmm. We're not going to be good. Right, right. You know? So. That's wild. That's yeah. That was really good. Yeah. So, so astrology, <laughs> astrology, I think offers offers a semblance of spirituality and science on your own time, but it's all about you. The church says, um, you know, we're doing the series on prayer. Our Father. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not. It's not my God. Mm -hmm. It's 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 our God. Mm -hmm. And 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 it, and it gives. A, I think it addresses the major problem. It's not just the sin in myself, but it's the sin with each other. Yeah. How do we treat each other? You know, this week, how many times did I say? Did Paul lead with dear brothers and sisters? Like we just read that like it's nothing. Yeah, it's right. a huge statement. Mm -hmm. Right, mm -hmm. right. And it's it's cool. I mean, I'm, Maddie, you could speak in this too. Like as a younger person in the church, I'm I'm seeing the work our church is doing to say like, mm -hmm. hey, this is not an individual experience. Like yeah. we are an entire body mm -hmm. here. Um, mm -hmm. One of the reasons I keep going to Palm so much is because of how connected that campus is, mm -hmm. um, and how much I've bought into like, okay, these aren't just people that I wave at mm -hmm. on a Sunday. Like this right. is family, and this is who. Um, yeah, we're in all this together. Mm -hmm. but. Yeah, the church isn't the place. The church is you. The church is me. I feel mm -hmm. like those words, that has been so disconnected mm -hmm. of like the church is where we go. No, this room, this is the church yeah. right mm -hmm. here. Yeah. And yeah. I think that is lost on people of yeah. like family and meaning and hope. It's all, yeah. It's well, and again, the church, the church is a family with rules. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like our households, maybe they had rules or didn't, you know, like mm -hmm. we are governed by an authority who says love one another, care mm -hmm. for one another, forgive one another, make an allowance for one another, challenge one another in love. I mean, it's a beautiful family when it's actually done. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, all the church gets credit for is all the mistakes in history, mm -hmm. but all the good people are, are lost and forgotten and not taught about, you know, mm -hmm. you know, they're not, they're, they're not taught when, man, there was reformers, there were guys who said, hey, this is wrong. Um, mm -hmm. You know, every year we celebrate St. Patrick's Day and nobody thinks about what St. Patrick did. Right, mm -hmm. right. You know, um, have you seen, uh, what's that movie called, Silence? It's by, um, it's oh. the Catholic missionary. Martin Scorsese. Oh. Martin With Scorsese. Andrew yeah. Garfield yeah. and some other people, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you only thought about Andrew. <laughs> you know, Kylo Ren. everybody right. wants to assume that every, every uh, priest that came was a colonizer, mm -hmm. you know, uh, an oppressor. Mm -hmm. And you see these guys being crucified upside down with rats in their face, you know, like these rats are eating on their face. It's because they genuinely love the people of Japan 
and they wanted to, to make a difference. You know, even like um, Juno Paracera, whose name is like a curse word now in California, he consistently advocated for the for better treatment for the Native Americans because Spain was an army. Mm-hmm. It, it, it did have a king. There was there was horrific things about how Spain dealt with. And what is he doing? This is wrong. He confronted soldiers, mm. you know. Um, and there, you know, there were a group of Indians at his death that deeply loved him. Mm-hmm. Was he perfect? No, and no one is. But there were men and women that traveled at great risk to self to share the gospel. Um, and there were countries that, you know, um, I mean, I have to believe that there's devout men and women of God who are who are Russian Orthodox. I'm not going to blame them for what Putin's doing. Right. Right, right, you know, um, but there are devout men and women who love Jesus in Russia, but they're under a government that's totalitarian. And, and by the way, he doesn't care what you think. Mm-hmm. You know, we're so used to it in America. Well, I'm just going to speak up and stand again. And that's just that's a relatively new idea. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but Junipero Serra, within context, challenged authority and said, "We need to treat these people better," which I think you know. Um, that's not to say that uh, Native Americans were treated treated well. Um, you know, they were treated horrifically. So, um, but not every priest was this awful, terrible person. Right. So, yeah. You know, well, but but we only study the mistakes and the, mm-hmm. the atrocities. We don't study like um, so. I was in Rick Warren's library three weeks ago, and the only thing that I liked. I mean, thank you, Rick, if you're watching, love the time. <laughs> the thing that I, I thought was profound was the 1941 Time Magazine article, and it was interviewing Albert Einstein, and he was talking about all the Christians that died in the concentration camps. When have you ever heard that? Wow. He said, he said, and I, I mean, I, I asked Rick, I said, can I take, and I took pictures, I have pictures of the article. He said, I thought the universities would stand for truth. They did not. He said, only the church stood against Adolf wow. wow and and he said and they all died for it and he said it's caused me to reevaluate my faith Wow but what we're taught in school was Adolf Hitler just killed the Jews he killed anyone who stood against mm-hmm. him in his pursuit of an ethnically pure Aryan race and and it was the church that said no first yeah so I mean and, and that's yeah. we don't hear that all we hear about is the atrocities of Christians, and, and and here's the thing: is real Christians are very rarely in control. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's just it's just the truth. I mean, um, you know, it's it's like you know all these young people that are for communism. Have, have you read Animal Farm? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes, so, so yes, I have. the reason why the American system is still the best system on earth is the founding fathers deeply mistrusted power. Hmm. They had a deep mistrust for power. They had a deep mistrust for people, you know, and they tried to create a system with checks and balances because human beings are, well, although while created in the image of God, we act like the devil. That, that's basically what I would say. So, you know, all of these young kids who we want to share everything collectively, we want, I mean, I don't care what the system is, right? Ugly, powerful people will use naive people for their end purposes. Putin is a great example. Russia just went through a huge uh, overturning of who they are in my lifetime. In, in 1989, right, the Iron Curtain fell, uh, communism was destroyed, utopia was upon us, right? And, and, and who in the end came out of that revolution? The strongest, 
nastiest person, Putin. Same thing happened with communism in the 1920s. All these people, we're gonna share everything, we're gonna divide it up equally. Well, guess who Stalin killed first? All of the people who thought we really should share. That's what Animal Farm is. All the people who really thought, because the people that rise to the top, it's never St. Francis of Assisi. (laughs) That's that's not who wins. Nasty people win. So you need a system that says, we don't trust anybody, regardless of what they're saying. you know, we have, to, we have to speak truth to power. And so what happened in Germany is the same thing that's happening in um, uh, Russia, which is the same thing, unfortunately, that I'm worried will happen here, is the consolidation of power in the name of equality and sharing. And then the evil people rise, mm-hmm. and then we all die. So, I mean, read the Gulag Archipelago. It's horrible. Have you read that? No. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. The, the first chapter is a woman going to the secret police to say, hey, you guys arrested my neighbors yesterday and you left their infant. And they say, thank you for coming in. And they arrest her and take her to the Gulag Archipelago. Wow. Nobody even knows these islands exist until I think in the 1950s, um, National Geographic, is they, they've discovered dinosaurs on these islands and they dig up this million-year-old dinosaur fish and these white people with no clothes come run and they eat it. And they're like, who are these people? They're prisoners, they're political prisoners of, of the Gulag Archipelago, the Archipelago Islands, and they just literally sent them there to die wow. for anything and everything. So, you know, it was crazy. You know, even when we were in Vietnam, um, we were on a mission trip and a, a bunch of our missionaries, we got arrested because we were sharing the gospel. Do you want to know how we got caught? We led a woman to Christ. She told her husband, he called the police. Wow. That's what happens in those countries. Mm-hmm. Like, can you imagine? You call the police on your wife because she's converted to Christianity. And all of our missionaries were detained, 21. This is like five years ago. Wow. So, like that still happens. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. So we, we have to be careful, you know? And so again, astrology, all of these things wanna believe, right? The good in us, the beauty in us, and there is, and there's some real evil. And it's in Christians, it's in Muslims, it's in Jews, it's in astrologists, and it's in atheists. Um, you know, like, uh, I don't know if you guys are seeing, but today the, the Church of Satan in Texas is saying abortion is a part of their religious practice. I'm like, what? oh yeah, I'm like, God help you when you're on the side of Church of Satan. Like, because, you know, yeah. they want for religious freedom, but um, at least they're honest about evil. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know it's, just, it's just crazy to me, yeah. So, um, but really, wh- what is abortion? It's a fight of two sides calling the other side evil. Mm-hmm. My, my cousin, I, I, you know, I, I, I believe in, I'm pro-life, thinks I'm evil. Like, it, like, I mean, he wouldn't say that, but my position is. Right, yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And then I would say take, the taking the life of an infant is evil. Yeah. But we're both, and it's again, because in our world, we don't have the same rules. We're, we're, we're making it up as we go. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's a fight. Yeah. So, um, and you would think, right, we could all sit down and just have a talk. <laughs> And make it work, and it and it doesn't work, man. Right. I mean, it doesn't. It's it, it's it's a tough thing. So um, so again, yeah. I, I think astrology pretends that that there isn't human evil, and we're just misunderstood. I think the Bible, the gospel, says there is human evil, and it's so bad. The only way God could fix it was by killing His own son. Yeah. So and again, I mean, years ago, I, I'm going to throw this out there. Um, I, I did a series, I can't remember the name of it, but I went to an astrologist and I got a palm reading. This is probably 1999. I wish I never did it. Wow. 
Yeah. I, I was all prayed up. I thought, you know, I just, I felt like I subjected myself to like a demonic influence and it was awful. And so I would just tell people wow. as a Christian, I, you know, when I was younger, I was brash. You know, I, I was super confident um, and I was just foolish. So, you know, we, we did a series, this is like 1999 on like tarot cards and stuff like that. And I was like, well, I'm just going to see what it's like. And I went and did it. And um, so it was, it was awful. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like her words to me are still a haunt in the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. Because words are powerful things. Yeah. So, and she didn't say anything bad or evil, but she spoke into my future. And I wish I never heard it. So, so I wouldn't do it. If I could go back and tell young Matt, Matt Brown, I would say don't do it. Yeah. You know, because I think they play on your insecurities and your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it was just, I don't know. I, I walked out of there going, I should have never done that. I have um, students at youth, a, a student at youth, him and his girlfriend went to a card reading. I didn't know they were going. Mm-hmm. I didn't find out until afterwards. And even as they were explaining the entire thing, it was like, oh, based entirely off of gen- generalities, mm-hmm. um, played into insecurities. Yeah. Um, and it's ultimately caused, I would say, caused that, that student more pain. Yeah, but, oh yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I felt like I sinned. I felt like as a pastor, for a sermon, to provide clarity, I sinned, and it was yeah. wrong. Like, it was it was terrible. Like, I, I walked out of there, I was like, this was... Like, I felt like I cheated on God. That's what I felt like. Like, I, I committed religious adultery. Like, this is just ugly. And so, I and I just confessed that to the church. I think it was 1999 or 2000. I was like, don't do it. It was just... And the lady that read my palm and did the, the reading, she said she was Christian. Oh, I'm Christian. She's like, you're a Christian pastor? I'm a Christian, too. Wow. I feel like, and so she's just kind of whatever yeah, she needs yeah. to be. To, it's a meshing of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, thank you for your time. Um, we went a little over, but, you know, I think it was all good We stuff. always do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hopefully someone can hear this and, you know, have a new thought and, you know, yeah. we can further the conversation. Thank you guys for being here. Appreciate it. Yeah. Love you guys.